0: well as you all know we are against the grain and today we're joined by the beautiful justin mahaley and we're going to start this a little different not with a quote but with a question justin who is the ultimate competitor kobe or jordan and why
1: (laughs) i know i know i had to stop you right out of the gate I feel like you have to default to saying Jordan, and I, you can make a case for either one. But we all know that Kobe was emulating his mentality off of that guy, and Jordan was kind of the one who paved the way. Of course, Jordan, you know, paved his man, mentality off of somebody as well. I'm not sure who that was, but there was, you know, you can't become. You can't just conceptualize and visualize without there being any forager of that path, right? So there was someone that MJ looked at and he was like, you know what, like that guy executed in this manner so I can execute in that manner as well. And like I said, I have no idea who that was, but I feel like Michael Jordan is the one who kind of raised that bar of, hey, like you play injured, you play up 30, you play down 30, you play in the Olympics, you play to win the game, you play uh, defense here and there. (laughs) When it's needed, you play defense. Um, And like you're the alpha dog and you'll fight your teammates if they're not doing right. You'll also fight the other team if they're not doing right. I feel like that kind of came from Michael Jordan. What do you guys think? What, What? What is here? For me, I think
0: it's Jordan. I think, but you answered it beautifully by saying there's this emulation we do of people, right? That you find something you want to emulate and you're able to see it. And it's just an issue of how far that person can take it before they have the torch off. Um, The only reason Mm -hmm. I can see Kobe being mentioned is just because he, I don't know, I think he earned my respect for that torn Achilles just walking out there and do what he did um, and I think I respected him because even though his life was cut short he knew he couldn't, it was a lot like Dorian Yates when Dorian tore that tricep he couldn't train the way he wanted to, it was like when Kobe yeah. did that to his ankle he couldn't play like he wanted to so he walked away, where Jordan yeah. I think to me kind of tarnished some of that when he kept coming back and Yeah, it was like you just want to see in the same Jordan I mean, I, that that's just my eyes but Robo rolled his eyes at me, bastard so we're going to
2: kick it over to you on that one yeah. I mean, it's hard to to not look at the guy who did it first, you know, in our generation, at least for me, Jordan was it when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't know who came before it. And because of that, I don't care. There's probably kids, you know, born well after all of us who thought Kobe was it. Um, mm-hmm. But that was our childhood. You know, it's, it's hard yeah. to turn your back on that.
3: Yeah. I mean, that was my favorite player to watch. I mean, I was a Bulls fan. Um, you just couldn't not take a minute to pause the TV. If you saw a Bulls game on, or even, you know, knew it was on, you're going to watch it. I haven't watched basketball in years. Uh, I respect Kobe. I wish there was more things out there. I mean, I'm sure there's books and things, but I haven't seen any documentaries or anything like that yet. Um, but I know watching that uh, Michael Jordan just had a different mentality. It seemed like, and, you know, on the one hand, I don't love that he was in his teammates asses as hard as he was. And they all think he was a prick, but at the same time, you know, it got it done. And so I think yeah. you know, I, I do respect that some. And I mean, my coaching style isn't really for the faint of heart. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been told I'm an asshole many a times by people, um, <laughs> even people that don't quit. They're like, you're an asshole, but you're getting me results. So I kind of kind of, you know, kind of get what Jordan was doing, man. So, um, yeah, I think it's got to be Michael. But again, I'm 45 and that's who I grew up with. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's something to be said about being an asshole, though. I feel like there's something like leadership, true leadership is something that is able to create a psychological safety within the people that 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 leadership blanket is uh, compiling. I feel like if you have that safety psychologically and you understand, well, this person just just truly wants the best for me and for us, but they're going to be an asshole, like they're just going to be such a prick for us to get that. I feel like there's something to be said about that. And, you know, I, f- I feel like when you look at both those guys, I mean, I feel like when you look at um, any leader of any team, they really, you know, it's, it's not like they're best friends with their with their guys outside of the arena. But when you're in the arena, it just feels like there's kind of a psychological st- Safety amongst the teams, amongst the groups, amongst the coaching staff that, like, this is our alpha dog and he's going to lead us to the promised land. And I think there's something to be said about that in coaching for bodybuilding too, Jason. Like you alluded to, like, I mean, there's definitely people that probably think I'm not the nicest person of all time. Uh, But I think there just needs to be a a psychological safety and mutual respect back and forth that, hey, like, we're going to communicate about this. And it's okay if you tell me I suck, it has to be okay for me to tell you that you suck as well. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's,
3: the last thing I'll leave is um, I don't know if you guys did follow Kobe's career a ton, but I don't I don't know, man, like Jordan elevated Steve Kerr. I mean, you know, like what would, would Kobe have been yeah. able to do that? I don't know. Is there a Kerr that he elevated? But man, like I don't know that Kerr would have had the career he had if he wasn't around Jordan. I mean, <laughs> at all. I could be wrong, but uh, he, I think he elevated Guys like that to to I to mean what that? about Robert Ori? did
1: Robert Ori like make a game winning a championship game winning shot? Yeah, yeah. But that's he did it with the Robert.
2: Spurs too, right?
1: Yeah. Oh there, he a did yeah, without yeah. Kobe. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point.
0: Uh, that's a good way to kick it off. Now, you were fresh off of hosting the Texas Pro, where you sounded and looked the magnificent, by the way. <laughs> Now, you posted something in your stories, which I thought, oh, he, he might be frozen. He might not be hearing me. Do, 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 he do. he does, does look forward in and now. Yeah. Pop, but right, but uh, this is like a weird face he's making right now. I'm going to pause for a second. Pausing for the station identification marker. Ding. Well, Justin, before we had our station interruption problem we had with the internet, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was asking you a question. You're fresh off of hosting the Texas Pro. You look beautiful, spiffy. I love the outfit. I love the suit. You look great. You look like you were you, you. and having a good time, and that's the most thing one could do. But you made a comment yeah. in your story that I saw where Flex Wheeler called out the conditioning of today's athletes, and you're like, I'm tired yeah. of these old guys calling out the new guys when they were even there, I want you to kind of break that out for us because you were there, you were seeing it, but do you think that the dude. old generation gets like just so much glory that they can they shit on the new generation no matter what? Cause some of those guys, the master nationals dude were so peeled out of their mind. I was just like, Oh, okay. You know yeah. what I mean? So
1: dude, I, 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 I don't quite understand why some of the new guy or some of the old guys, just like, they love talking down, on 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 the new generation. Listen, you guys, when Hunter Labrada set up that back double bicep, and when Hunter Labrada set up that rear lat spread, diced. Just no, like dude, he was peeled. See, the picks like, aren't the really hands- showing
3: that though, Justin. They really aren't. Um, And, and I no, get the picks there. aren't close. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the the pics aren't close to what was going on in person, but they never are. It's so difficult to really capture that true. That stage lighting, especially at that show, is just nuts. Like, dude, he—I mean, just absolutely peeled. He was leaner than Andrew Jack. There's not a single person who, who would dispute that. In of, the who, picks,
3: Jack, look way leaner, way leaner in detailed, uh, and detailed. Yeah
1: no no not definitely not there at all not at wow. all like that was, was less body fat um Damn. like without a single single doubt wow. um but i mean that's why it was close mm-hmm. it, it was it was a body fat discrepancy thing if andrew was leaner than hunter Game nothing thing was, like all due respect to Hunter. There's just nothing Hunter could have possibly done to keep it close. But you know, in Andrew's back shots, his hamstrings don't separate. I'm not sure if you guys have noticed that. So yeah, Tyler was backstage. Back. I saw Tyler backstage for the show. And and like he, he it, it it's not there. Like, like Andrew's really lean. He's not quite peeled yet. He's really separated, he's really striated, he's real shredded up. But the, it's just the way the muscles, I don't know, Tyler and I talked about it after the show. It's like, it's something about the way the muscle is sitting or something about what's, you know, happening with between the skin, the fascia, the muscle, but his hamstring, like he's hitting them and he's hitting them. Right. And he's really lean. They just don't separate in that same manner. Now. When he gets peeled, maybe there's going to be. But, no, Hunter Labrador was inside-out peeled, was way leaner than Flex um, has ever been. Um, I mean, I, I thought, you know, Lewis's conditioning, who got third, was good. Carlos, you know, we all know he needs or – I'm sorry, Carlos got third. His conditioning needs a little bit. Lewis, who got fourth, his conditioning was good. Jordan, who got fifth, his conditioning was superb. Um, I, his conditioning was the second best in the open class. Um, but the most conditioned guy the whole weekend was Justin Jacoby he got fifth in that 212 yeah um what do you know what he weighed in in at do you know what he weighed in Uh, shit he weighed in at like one i believe he was 190 so he's 22 i bet he
3: sub 200 for sure but it's just conditioning was awesome
1: jason it was insane how peeled that guy was (laughs) it was absolutely insane how peeled he was um dry Full separated, just nasty. Like he and Matt nailed it. Um, but it, I mean, it's like I'm not sure why some of the old guys like always. I mean, you see it in the NBA too. I know, like Magic Johnson and Steph Curry are going back and forth about who's the best point guard ever. I'm like, dude, there's no way that like this is like, the, this is what the drama is. But like, you know, it's always the old guys love kind of like maybe shitting on the new guys, if you will. Um, that's like well back in my day, but it's like the reality is, and again, um, Tyler won't mind me mentioning this. This came up in the conversation he and I had after the show. Dude, the reality is like these guys are way leaner, like yeah, fifth place of the Texas Pro was absolutely inside out peeled. Go back to the Olympias when Flex was in his prime and look at fifth place at the Olympia, not even the Texas Pro. Look at fifth place at the Olympia they they're they're going to be a little soggy they're going to be and and it, like that's okay it's just the nature of the sport has evolved but man it, i think why i get so personally offended is like hunter Labrada. You, you it's so easy he's such a big name it's so easy to just take shots at him or say where he can be better or yada yada dude the guy's given his whole adult life to bodybuilding he's like a 28 29 30 year old dude he's same age as me he's given his whole life to bodybuilding and all he does train his ass off wins shows he's done like 27 shows he's won like 22 of them like that's absolutely absurd and he he, he, he's gotten so much better that I, I feel like it feels it just, it feels to me that people love teaming up and nearly bullying people. So I'm just yeah. like, dude, like, what? like I'll try to be an advocate. And that's why I was happy. I got the live stream. I'm in there with Hani Rambot, and I'm like advocating for these guys. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it's good. Like I said on the live stream, I know there's going to be people that see pictures from this show that act like Hunter Labrador's back is not insane, but I'm like, I'm looking at that thing right now, right in front of me. And it's freaking nuts. Like it's come up so much. And you just feel like there's this bullying mentality of people who just like don't actually bodybuild and who don't understand bodybuilding that want to tell Hunter Labrador where he can be better. And it's like, dude, I think he's got some really good people around him who are probably actually giving him constructive criticism. Yeah. That's the downfall of social media nowadays is every uh, useful idiot
0: gets a voice. I want to take I, this. I, Go for it. Jay. I think that's common nature though man. Like,
3: you know, if, if you talk to my dad about cars, I mean, you know, they're way better. You know, he's got his hot rods and you know these different and you know and I want a Ferrari and a Lamborghini, you know, we speak different language. Yep. Like, I think it's just yep. back in the day things were always better, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, think it, I, I think you know I I try to stay away away from that, but I'm sure I say shit too like that, you know but yes. I, I do will say this. I, I don't know cameras. So, so, but I've heard people say that because of pixelation, the old, the, the older guys look harder than they ever were. Uh, I don't know yes. quite exactly how to explain that any better, but yes. that's what I've heard. Now I do know this. I mean, if you look at shots of, you know, Lee priest is amazing, but like his glutes and hams were never diced. You know what I mean? Even, even flex, when you see his rear by picks, like, Hams and glutes were never yeah. right. Um, so but from the front, all those guys looked amazing. Now, you know, you go talk about Gaspari, that's probably another, another uh conversation. But uh even Lebrada, Lee Labrada was really sharp. But um, and anyway, I I think camera and things are. Are different and I think it maybe it picks up on more and so you're seeing things that we didn't see in those older pictures but I think it's human nature man you always like your generation you always like your upgrowing and certain things from those are just always going to be best and it's just the way Michael it.
2: Jordan
1: yep there you go yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was well placed um so yeah. I, I brought that up because it really speaks to Jason and I Scoob we uh interviewed you on the excellence cartel which we used to do about two years ago, actually two summers ago, if I'm not mistaken. And you had your hands in all these businesses and everything like that. But now you're going in like a completely different direction than that looks like. So I want to crack into what is it that you found in the last two years you're most passionate about? And what did
1: you realize that you needed to discard to see that happen? Oh, this is an interesting time to bring up this question. Um, so this hasn't been discussed anywhere yet, but uh, it's very much so happening in real time. Yeah, we've got some juicy stuff coming. Yeah. Juicy. So.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Juicy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yesterday, I had a meeting with um, the the inner circle of my workings, So it's Jill, Christian, and Emily. And I just kind of told them I don't feel incredibly aligned with what I'm doing right now. I love bodybuilding. Um, I love being able to coach and help others and all that stuff. Jason, I'm sure you can attest to this. I feel like like my greater calling in life is way more than bodybuilding coaching. Yeah, There's so much more in my signaling, my leadership style, my emotional quotients. It's not quite getting driven by bodybuilding anymore. Um, it's just not quite tickling the fancy. That being said, I get up every morning. I'm excited to chat with my athletes. I'm excited to look at the check-ins. I love that. It seems like right now, I mean, the last five or six weeks I've had an athlete that was able to win a show. Um, We're going to win one again Saturday as well. And then we're going to win two next weekend. So like, it sounds like it's, I, I still love it. Um, there's certain parts of the coaching realm that I heavily dislike. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, I, I feel like I want to work with more higher caliber individuals from an emotional and an intellectual intelligence standpoint, and also from an overall world impact standpoint, my goal, my purpose and my leadership styles very much so driven towards, I can take any one of you. It, Any one of you, even you guys, I know Jason and Jeff are are older than me. They're my superiors. They're wiser than me. They're, uh, you know, more life experience than me. But I guarantee I can make you find something in yourself and believe something in yourself that you've never once found before. And I feel so passionate and powerful when I'm able to do that with somebody. Yeah, Man, I just, I can't even begin to describe how empowering that is. And, you know, I've kind of gone on this big Um, growth journey, if you will, of I'm constantly, and this is a mildly toxic trait, but I'm constantly picking things out about myself. I'm like, this needs to be better. That needs to be better. That needs to be better. And I'm not really allowing myself to be good enough in any facet. And I'm trying to, uh, Tim Ferriss has this thing he talks about that I've been reading about for a couple of weeks. And I actually just watched a podcast on it today that really helped tie some things together um and it's essentially called your rest ethic so it's just the opposite of work ethic work ethic is grind 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 get it well i I turned 30 and i enjoyed zero of my 20s because all i was doing was working i I look back on memories of my 20s and it's all work so that's not very positive that also gets you to a place of burnout um and you know i don't want to experience that because i love working so this new shift um and it's actually something that's um you know jeff jason i you guys are on my list of people to talk about the grower die podcast is going to be doing live events Sweet. um and nice. we're, we're going to be having like round table stuff where we're going to actually do a podcast in front of an audience i'm down it's, Our it's sports sick. style It's going to be sick. We're going to and then then we'll we'll open up to the audience to be able to have Q and A's. We're going to be up on a stage, yada yada, and the first one might be coming sooner rather than later with some insanely massive names uh, that's um, I'm in discussion with. So this next evolution, you're going to see Justin Mahaley kind of turn into more public speaking route, more high profile. Uh, client work cases, like not necessarily working with this first-time novice bodybuilder, but more so working with this CEO of this company, discussing their mindset, looking at their daily habits, finding them time to be able to help them. um, Soul search, uh, spirit search, emotion search, family time, all of those things while, of course, we want to keep fitness at the forefront of what we're doing, uh, mental fitness and physical fitness, of course. Um, and it's difficult for people to have this compartmentalization. i work with a few people now that I've really, really enjoyed that with. Um, so it's also, it's obviously a much more time consuming. It's a higher ticket price point, but that's where the real impact is for me now. And I'll always coach bodybuilding. I love bodybuilding, but I mean, if I'm being quite frank, some of the people just don't deserve to work with, <laughs> with, no. with a good coach who really cares and who's really actually involved. So, yeah,
0: I'm gonna ask you one final question. I want to kick it to Robo and then Scoob so you guys can think about what you want to do. But, yeah, I wanted to ask you who is your mentor and what are your thoughts on mentorships? Do you find them of value or do you think they're overrated in today's business world?
1: You know, if you asked me this two years ago, I'd be like, That's so overrated. That's trash. That's trash now i will say a mentor is someone that like like i seek out the people that i look up to (laughs) like i i i i don't sign up for some like joe schmo's mentorship course because he guarantees. 10 years ago i decided to look up to jason and you know jason's been a mentor of mine for that entire time I look up to Matt Jansen. He's been a mentor of, for, of mine for that entire duration. Um, you know, I, I I look up to people who are in positions in their life, and I don't really care about their career field much, but they're in positions in life where I want to be. And a recent mentor of mine has been Chris Williamson, who's the host of the Modern Wisdom podcast, one of the like most ridiculous podcasts that there is. It's like, it's one of the top five podcasts in the world right now. Damn. Um, Seeing seeing the impact that, you know, he's able to have has really driven me, but also, um, you know, he's given me some words of encouragement. He's kind of helped with the transition, allowing me to see like, nah, you're right. You know, there's more than bodybuilding for me. Like it has to be bigger than bodybuilding. Like there's certain parts of my belief system that I have in others that the world deserves. And like a bodybuilder getting on bodybuilding stage, it, it can't quite resonate with them. It's not really... You know, I, I, I'm trying to help people find more. I'm trying to help people dig deeper, and and it's um it's a mental shift that a lot of bodybuilders and people who are in um uh, the sports aren't quite they don't quite have that gear. I'm not saying they're like not intelligent bodybuilders. There's some unbelievably intelligent individuals. But I mean, let's be honest. The reason people get into bodybuilding is not because they have like all of this insane intelligence and they have all of this confidence and they're super secure individuals who have all these things going for them and all this social competence. You usually get into bodybuilding and speaking for myself as well, you get into bodybuilding because there's some insecurities that this can cover up. But what you are going to do while you're covering up those insecurities, if you're actually going to go dig them back up and work through them, is what's going to dictate if this, if the discipline from bodybuilding can mean anything else anywhere other than life. We all know bodybuilders who have insane discipline to their protocols, but you look at the rest of their life and it's like, what is, what is going on?
3: Yeah.
1: How can you get inside out peeled? How can you not miss a meal in here? All right,
0: everyone, we're back. We had a little technical difficulty. We moved Justin outside to the shed. He's <laughs> out there in, uh, down there in Texas, and he's going to finish up talking about that mentor because you know in a day and age where that word's thrown around a lot, we often wonder what that really means. And I think he was given a mm-hmm. great explanation of what it meant, what that word really
1: means. Yeah, it's 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 really hot out in this shed. It's about 106 degrees in Austin right now. So in this shed, you know, there's no lights. So um, there's no windows, probably 130 in here, but let's yeah. talk about mentorships. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think um, with with Chris, a lot of people look at Chris Williamson and they idolize him because of like where he is at right now. Um, he's about to eclipse a million followers on Instagram, which is a really cool feat. But with those million followers, the impact he's having, the reason these people come to him man, I mean, he has a really niched message, extremely niched message. He has a big team that travels around with him everywhere. And he is really sharing. I mean, the podcast name is Modern Wisdom. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's very fitting for what he has going on there. Um, he talks about a lot of controversial stuff, which has made me feel like, you know what? Like, I want to throw my hat in the ring. I want to chat about some stuff too. Because um, on you know, with my current messaging and signaling, you kind of try to not really offend people because you have so many people from so many demographics who hire you and, you know, you're trying, you're constantly worried about lead generation and client acquisition. Well, I look up to Chris because he's so genuinely himself and you, I'm sure you guys have met people that like they have an online persona, but then when you meet them in person, it doesn't align. Oh yeah, we have. (laughs) yeah well chris is perfectly aligned like his energy that you get in the podcast is the energy you get when you're interacting man to man with him um and he's yeah he's he's a very stoic individual so he's really someone that i've looked up to as a mentor recently um as you know like we talked about with the kobe and jordan discussion the Uh path was paved and Chris has paved the exact path that I'm trying to walk. So, you know, everything he's doing now, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to do it in my tone, my nature. But he's the one who's already built that path. Um, and and I, I just... There's a lot of impact that you can have out there if you just truly believe what you have going on in your intentions and in your whereabouts, or if, if everything's positive on your end, if your energy is constantly pure and positive, there's a lot of people you can impact. And so I guess that's kind of my next level. Oh, well, well said. Robo. what do you got, my man?
2: Yeah. So I'm I'm super curious. You just talked about the conversation you had with your team where you're, you're looking at other ways to really, I guess, find fulfillment might be a better way to say it. Um, Are you seeing that disrupt the culture of your team or how are you still preserving that high performing culture
1: within it? Good question. Really, really good question. I think this is where communication comes down and is just so important because Everyone kind of knows what's going on. Everyone kind of feels what's going on. Everyone, um, like I've been very honest with, you know what? Like there's more to give. I love this component, but this component needs watered right now as well. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to kind of curate to both of these. I think this goes back to culture and, and brand identity. The brand identity is, is we are going to impact as many people at the highest level possible. We are going to help you with genuine intentions. We're going to be pure. We're going to be accurate in the things that we say. And we're going to lead with love. I'm doing all of those things still. And my team is doing all of those things still. So Robo, it's like as long as the culture and the brand identity is upheld. And it's a culture of, hey, we're going to have really open communication here. Like two-way street. This is going to be... This isn't like Justin leads the troops. This is all of us are walking in together side by side, locked arms, right? It very much so used to be Justin leading the troops. That was an insecure leadership style for myself. Now, as I've stepped into higher powers of leadership and kind of better understood the type of leader I'm able to be, it's much more so turned into a collaborative effort, Um And at the end of the day, the culture is also, I I want to win. I want to win at a high level. And winning has nothing to do with bodybuilding shows. Winning has everything to do with your daily habits, the way you stack those habits, the performance metrics that you have on a social, a mental, and and, and a financial, and actual performance metric within your professional slash financial and physical. We're going to win in all of these areas. I want people around me to be consistently uncomfortable and I want to be consistently uncomfortable. I don't want there to be comfort. I want people to say like this, like this isn't an easy place to be. This isn't an easy person to have in your life. Um, I want people to say, you know, man, Justin's tough and he pissed me off today, but I know it's because he loves me. So that doesn't change, even though I want to go somewhere else. There's also Robo's second, uh, a two-part answer. There's going to be a brand identity, uh, a brand naming change. So we're still going to be TM, and we know exactly what we're moving to. But it's not going to be Team Mahaley. It's too me-centric, and I've wanted this to happen for a couple years. Um, I don't love that it's super me-centric. It it doesn't feel it hasn't felt aligned for quite some time but we have a we have a naming shift that's going to happen um and it's going to be much more inclusive um not just of the staff but of people because people think Justin Haley they think bodybuilding mm-hmm. the reality is Jason and I talked about this on my podcast I don't want to have 200 bodybuilders I want to have maybe 50 bodybuilders and 100 lifestyle people you know because lifestyle people they pay more they're with you longer they don't uh, they they are much more Um, their EQ and IQ are typically much more stable and and elevated. Um, they don't have a bunch of insecurities. They've got a mask through you. Um, they can't (laughs) well, like, you know, all of those things. So kind of a two part long answer there, but that was a really good question. And I hope that that answer kind of summed up my, um, my, my viewpoint on that.
2: Yeah. And it, it gave insight into your, uh, methods of culture building, which it sounds like habit stacking it's daily, small things that, not only make a successful bodybuilder make you successful in every industry but it sounds like that's your approach to culture as well
1: yeah very much so i i think there's something to be said about consistency in your actions and how you do one thing is how you do everything so if you're this is going to be really intense and you know that's okay but if you cheat on your diet you're probably more prone to cheat on your wife than than if you don't cheat on your diet right
2: Well, yeah, if you lie to yourself, who else are you going to lie to? It's
1: way harder to lie to yourself than it is anybody else. Like that's your subconscious is logging that your subconscious doesn't trust you now. Mm
2: -hmm. And it
1: means way less if um, even in a a marriage, it means way less if your partner trusts you than if you trust yourself. If you don't have that belief and you don't have that leadership, that self-leadership internal Oh boy, your, your life's going to get messy real fast. And I've been there. I, I say this cause this was me. I've, I've been there. I've, I've done these things. I didn't have the self leadership, um, which I think is kind of a level up uh, above of accountability, but that's a whole other topic.
2: No, that's very thoughtful in the way you approach it. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. Robo.
2: Yeah. Jason, go for it.
3: I got some observations and I got a question. Mm-hmm. Um, first observation, um, you know, you talked about how in your twenties you worked a lot. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, I did the same, and I think it's one of the smartest things people can do. So I don't think okay. you fucked up at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who dick around in their twenties, they're behind. I agree. They don't have the money saved I have, they don't live in the house I live. In. I mean, not that money's everything, but they are not secure. And yep. so it's nothing bad. Like maybe they had the time of their life, and that's what they wanted to do. But as soon as I got my shit out of college, I did this. I had this next job. I always was like, dude, I gotta get my shit together. And okay. so today that gave me the platform just to be where I'm at. And I would argue if you didn't have your shit together in your 20s, you wouldn't be where you're at now to say, all right, now it's time to pivot and put my efforts on something else that fuels my passion. You wouldn't have the the income, the means. It's a big, not risk, but it's a it's a, edu- it's a calculated risk that you're taking by rebranding and doing all these things. And I've done it a million times. I went from nutrition to Scooby Prep, now to Scooby Health. And so I think you're just going along the path of honestly, a good path um, and there's nothing wrong with work in your 20s. And I'd say to people that are listening to it, uh, if you're not working hard in your 20s, you're behind, plain mm-hmm. and simple. Um, next, I think there's going to be a synergy between Unbreakable Industries that Jeff and I are rolling out with his books and everything and what you're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. I think you guys should have some discussions and we all can, but I think there's probably some synergies there in what path Jeff's taken in you.
1: I so very much we'll so agree with each that. other.
3: Mm-hmm. My last, my, my question is, okay, so... You get some clients, people that want you to help them with leadership roles, plus the the the, the uh, general nutrition and all encompassing is what I hear in terms of I'm not just looking at your diet. I'm looking at how your day works. I'm looking at how you're leading. I'm looking at how you're working. All these things. What is going to be your platform when you speak one day? I see this leading to, to speaking What's your platform? Have you thought about it? Do you have a business plan for this or are we really in the infancy, which is okay, but I'd be curious. What's your platform? I come to buy a Justin Mahaley ticket that cost me 400 bucks. What am I going to hear?
1: It's going to cost 4,000 bucks, but uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the platform, the here's where we're at. Some people would say infancy. Some people would say it's very accelerated. The accelerated portion is more so, oh man, the things that I've worked through, gone through, studied and understand internal and where I feel my alignment is for me. So, so you know, Jason, you'll be able like, act like you don't have new ethics mm-hmm. and you just have Scooby Prep. Yep. And now it's like, hey, you know what? That can have this place over here, but I'm going to replace, I'm going to replicate this income in this new area. And it's going to, it has to happen fast. It has to happen now. New ethics takes time to build up. Supplement companies take time to build up. It's a business to consumer product. Yep. I'm literally going to be brought in. I'm going to be, I'm going to go out to my consumer. There's going to be a day where I'm working with, again, I'm always going to coach bodybuilding. Body. I'm always going to have my 20, 30 people. Yep. I'm going to be working with 10 people hands on. I'm, I'm going to, you're going to send your private jet out to get me. <laughs> it's going to get me. I'm going to come out to you and I'm living in your life with you. I'm doing everything you're doing and we're taking notes. This is going to be a full build out. This isn't just going to be the Justin Mahaley experience. Something that I'm very passionate about is neuroscience. And there's neuroscientists who I follow, who I interact with, who I discuss with, who, hey, man, we don't need to guess on this routine work. We can come out and literally record data of your life. I can look at the logs on your on your phone usage. I can look at the logs on your computer usage. I look at the law. Where are we wasting time? And I don't want people to listen to this and be like you have to work all day, every day. That's what John's saying. No, no. Wasting time is also overex. Exerting yourself and work and not understanding when to rest and be mindless. There, one of the greatest time spins you can do when you're a busy person, when you're someone who is task oriented, uh, task oriented, is to do nothing at all. That's one of the best powers you can learn. Nothing at all doesn't mean we're scrolling on Instagram. That's not what that means. N- nothing. You're literally doing nothing. Now another part of that there is a timer scroll on instagram scroll through tiktok what's your guilty pleasure go do it because you need to be a human there's still dopamine responses that we have to that dopamine is a what probably the most vital drug that we really have in existence in terms of how our um, how our brain works so go chase it like go get it that's not a bad thing the issue is are we on Instagram eight hours? If we have nine hours of phone time a day, is it eight hours of Instagram or is it 30 minutes of Instagram? There's a big difference there. If it's so, so, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to have my team with you. This is going to be an experience and we are going to work with you one-on-one. And I'm not I'm not going to be the one talking to you and your wife about marriage. I'm going to have someone talking to you and your wife about marriage who can actually discuss those things. I'm coming out as an all-in-one. And you're going to get amazing people who are extremely distinguished professionals who are going to help you through these things. Number two, you're going to sign up for the Justin Mahaley experience. You're going to come out. I'm going to talk. I'm going to whatever. Listen, if you've heard David Goggins speak once, you've heard David Goggins speak a million times because it is the same message every time. And that's not wrong. I look at Tim Ferriss, who actually lives right across the road from me. (laughs) Um, I look at Tim Ferriss and he's constantly learning. He's constantly evolving. He's so wise. He has so much figured out yet... He's so humble in his approach to realize there's so much more out there that he's never going to be able to grasp in this lifetime. So he has to rely on Jeff, on Jason, on Robo to come in and fill these gaps for him in this time in his life. And and he brings people in around him. He brings people on his show where he sits there and acts like he doesn't know a thing. And that's how he learns, and so I look at Tim Ferriss and the way that he handles his engagements, which I think a ticket to his you know experience is like fifteen or fifty thousand dollars, like something like that. Um, But you're going to come out and you're going to get number one the greatest networking opportunity you could ever have because the only people that I'm attracting are people who are truly trying to strive for this insane level of professionalism of, of growth of whatever the case may be. And you're going to be surrounded and immersed in those individuals. We're going to have guest speakers who aren't just like podunk people. We're like, I'm not billionaires on this stage. I'm going to have people that were literally broke and homeless and came up on their own. I'm going to have people who were born at the top and then raised it to the top One of the beauties about me and I know, you know, Jeff and Jason, we've actually met face to face. So maybe you guys can attest this. I'm like a chameleon. You can put me anywhere and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to fit in and make friends. So that's what I want my events and my demographic to be. If I have 10 clients, I don't want it to be 10 white dudes. That's not what I want. That's not what I'm looking for. That's not who my messaging is for. I I want it to be a mixed races, mixed ethnicities, mixed genders, mixed everything. Who do we align with and what can we all do to help each other out? And I think that's the last note, what I'm doing within my team right now, we're all locked arms moving forward. I'm leading nobody. We're all leading each other and the people that are, that I'm going to be working with, you're going to be leading me too. And I think this is going to be a very, unique symbiotic relationships that I'm not, I mean, I'm sure it's happening somewhere. It's not like this is groundbreaking. I'm the first person that is doing this um, at the small scale that I am right now. But I think this is something that can be really unique. And and this can be like a team culture in terms of um, high achieving individuals and having and embracing a team of those people. I, I think it can be um it it doesn't quite matter what your job title is it more so matters what your intangibles are what your attitude is and what you know where you want to go and where you're willing to work to go those are the things that matter and are going to draw us together i agree 100 percent.
0: question yeah have you had burnout awful lot of gas on that fire buddy and how did you (laughs) deal with it
1: yeah a lot of burnout man a lot of burnout um what I think is difficult, and, you know, Jason, I'm really excited to be able to sit with this later tonight when, you know, I I just turned 30. I turned 30 uh, August 24, three months ago. So my experience has been like, damn, dude, like I didn't do anything in my 20s. And you know what? I haven't thought about maybe that was a good thing. Maybe that was the right thing to do. I'm realizing, you know, when Jason was speaking man, I am in a fortunate, I'm in a blessed situation where I, I can make this professional career move, yep. um, at this age. And, uh, I mean, you can call it blessings. You can call it, I just worked my ass off for it, well, but
3: both of it, everything's a little bit of luck and timing and hard work. If you don't have all three of those, it, there's usually a missing recipe.
1: Very much so agree with that. Um, and so it's an interesting perspective that I'm excited to sit with. Um, the burnout's just been—it's been intense. You know, I—I I, I haven't taken a vacation by myself off of work, and coming up on six years. Um, and that vacation, you know, was only four days. Yeah, um, you
3: need you need to, you need to sharpen that rest ethic tool, man.
1: Yeah, man, that's that's my yeah. biggest weakness that I have right now, and that's why yeah. I have been really doubling down on it because I feel like so. I, 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 you know, I didn't grow up like $0 dirt poor families on welfare, but man, we were struggling. Like there was, there was sometimes things were good. There was sometimes things were bad. Uh, we, you know, we were probably low end. We were probably very low end middle class. We definitely weren't in poverty uh, by any stretch of imagination. But I have this fear that fuck it, like if I take tomorrow off, I'm gonna end up back there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, got, up,
3: I grew up similar. Um, yeah, my parents were able to stretch a dollar. My dad was handy, so we always had nicer houses. Yeah. Than what he made, um, yeah. My mom worked, didn't work. She went to, you know, worked, stayed at home. Um, and I always heard about the scarcity of the dollar. Yep. And dude, I, I'm not gonna say what I've saved up, but it's a nice chunk of change. And I think today anything could fall apart, and that the, every one of my businesses are gonna fall apart. I'll be honest with you, dude. I think we've had this conversation. It's never gonna change. It's, yep. it's who you are it's who you're, how you're wired, but there's, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's a driving force that I think every really successful entrepreneur has to have. And you just got to, you got to wrestle with it. You chose not to work a nine to five, you chose to work for yourself. And so with that comes blessings and comes sacrifices. And I've just kind of learned that my, 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 mentality, I haven't found a way to turn it off.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I just sold my house and I just bought the thing as a dream house. Yeah. I got in it and I realized it was too much too much work. It was too much yeah. maintenance and too much this. I paid 50 I put put 50 grand into the pool and all these different yeah. things. And I got to thinking, this just means I got to work harder and longer. Yeah. Do I really want that? And so I sold it. Some people came along, they gave me 200 grand more for it and I said, "Sold." Yeah. Bought a way yeah. less house, it's brand new, no maintenance, no trees, no mulch, barely. And I'm yeah. happy. And yeah. uh but I'm kind of getting to that perspective now where like, yeah, how long do you have to push? Now you're not 45 yet. But mm-hmm. my point is that feeling never fades and you need to use it and harness it to push yourself forward, which you have. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that insight. It's very helpful. I've been wrestling. I've very much so been wrestling with a lot of things recently because I'm never someone that wants to retire, mm-hmm. but I I love, I love assisting and building things and yeah. I love, love problem solving and routine management. Yeah. Um, and you know, luckily, you know, one of our, one of the companies that I'm a part of is kind of taken off. Mm-hmm. So I feel very safe with that because there there's offers that I'm getting for, you know, um like people wanting to purchase it. And like we're not doing that. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of my my that's my insurance. Like that's my safety. But I need to challenge myself with the rest ethic. Like that's yeah, that's um by far my biggest challenge right now.
3: Yep. It's tough as an entrepreneur. It really is. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, man, if you take seven days and tell all your clients I have to contact you, it won't burn down. I, that sounds I, nice. I've been <laughs> it, more and more. it won't burn down. It'll yeah. be fine. Um, but yeah. I get I get where you're at. That sounds nice.
1: Maybe October. I'm
2: gonna look at October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is a study, and forgive me, I can't I can't promise, you know, where I got it from, but I was reading where the average age of burnout in this generation is 32 wow. that's where you can grind your way through your 20s and it finally catches up to you and i was actually i burn out right at 32 yep. jeff knew me during this time period i mean i was working 110 hours a week i'd fly and oh, train God at the damn. gym go home i was wow. done and so yeah. i i quit my yeah. job book to take it across the world and just there let loose for a month and drank my way across Southeast Asia. Um, (laughs) My recommendation is don't do that.
1: Jason's (laughs) right. When you hit that wall, man, you hit that wall
2: hard and you don't come back for it. It took me three months to bounce back from, you know, 12 years of, of working too hard.
3: What industry was making you work 110 hours or were you doing it yourself? Like
2: consulting. So I, I worked my way up, you know, doing, um, as a stockbroker, than doing M and yeah. A, than going into consulting on M and A. and if you ever know consulting, it's all about billable hours, man. Sure. And then on top of that, you're still doing all all the work outside of billable hours half the time, just to get stuff done, hit deadlines. Um, it's the nature of the beast. You get paid mm-hmm. a stupid amount of money. Mm-hmm. No one deserves to make as much as some of those folks make. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you own your own business, but it's it's the nature of the beast and. I've I've never looked back yeah. happier with vacation with time off. You know what you're doing, planning that. God, that that's what you got to do. You'll lose it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah, that's powerful perspective. I I, I, I appreciate. It. I need to hear that. Thailand, sweet everyone...
2: I recommend it. Yeah, I went to Peru too. Yeah, yeah highly recommend.
1: they also... yeah.
3: I think everyone at some point obviously reaches some level. Um, I didn't go crazy as Robo, but. In 2018, I was still practicing law and running Scooby Prep. Mm-hmm. New Ethics was about a year and a half old. I had way too much going on. I'd work all day as a billable lawyer, as a an in-house lawyer, and then um, I'd have to, you know, deal with everything else till about 11:30 at night. Mm-hmm. Um, took a toll on marriage, took a toll on a lot of relationships, and uh, I just nixed the the law career and went all in. Um, and so at some point, you gotta you gotta lop something off, and that's what got lopped off yeah. for me. That was kind yeah. of a turning point for me. So I think all of us who run businesses or work for ourselves in some capacity are going to have to take that long, hard look. And I think, like I said, I I I know you have two different ways to look at it now, but I don't think you did anything wrong in your 20s. Uh, no, beginning.
0: I agree. So. You know, and that's something I had to realize even just this last week, I'm cutting out my Thursday afternoon. So I have two whole days a week away from the gym, um, just away from kind of people, the contact stuff like that so they're an icon yeah and Dude, yeah the moment i walk in even robo sees it and it's just that's the way it is when you're in there and i actually opened up to 5 30 in the morning slot when i was going at six because that's when you get more of the uh people who haven't had their cheerios pissed in yet and they're a little <laughs> bit more fun to train and they tend to be more like what uh, justice talk about high eq high iq like they're just people who just like they just want you there help them progress Know that they care about, know that you care about them, things like that. And then, you know, the online model, guys, is what the online model is. We do the best we can through the internet and hope for the best. I'm glad Jason's finally using fucking Loom rather than typing me four (laughs) misspelled words in one sentence. And then, like, (laughs) 17 misspelled. Yeah, you fucking lawyer days right there. Um, (laughs) I want to bring up something that you and I talked about in your podcast and see where this kind of goes. And then, guys, we'll have to wrap up here in a second. So if you guys want to think of your final questions. When we yep. talked about spirituality, what happened where the genesis of that occurred for you to really transform to be brave enough, I guess, to go down this journey? Because yeah, I confidence you got the swagger, but did you maybe take some psychedelics? Did you maybe have some trips? Did You, <laughs> did you maybe see so, something insightful happened to you to say, fuck, I really need to do this. Because like I, I've, I've talked to Jason about this. I said, Hey, I want to be a top 10 speaker in the world. I really think I can impact people. I said that goal, like for the first time ever kind of made me nervous. Didn't make me nervous to overcome my bone disease. I had to prove something wrong. It didn't make me nervous to open up a gym. I had to prove people wrong. It didn't make me nervous to become a good coach because I care so much about people winning that that took care of itself. So this one here, I'm like, well, fuck, I better show up because those are going to be sweating through your clothes no matter what I'll be dripping down my jeans. But what, what happened? To make you really take this on head on, because you're beyond confident, and I know yeah. things change when you do certain things to make you confident.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, it's interesting. I don't really do much psychedelic stuff anymore. I haven't in in in, in some time. Um, Jeff, I know we've talked about this. It's a tool, right? Yep, 100%. it's such a tool. And when I was using it as a consistent tool, uh, the last time I was using it as a consistent tool earlier this year, right, um, I was under the influence of some mushrooms and maybe a little bit of MDMA, I cannot confirm nor deny. And, you know, that one really, that <laughs> one really, Very, very introspective, right? Very deep introspective. I also want to say I don't condone the usage of MDMA whatsoever. I think um, I was, I I wasn't being very smart at the time. Um, And I I would say I'll never do it again. I would think that's probably a pretty accurate statement. I'm just done with the part. I'm done with that level of parting, if that makes sense. Well, I'll be honest with you. MDMA, I did that therapy. And I talked about this in my
0: book before I did MDMA. I couldn't stand it when my oldest kid would touch me. It made me feel extremely uncomfortable. And MDMA totally changed that for me now. like Jared Keegan can lay on me and I'm like, this isn't weird. And it's because I wasn't held for the first six weeks of my life. So it re-sparked that back to me a little bit where I, I didn't mind touch anymore. And I think that there's that party sense to it. It works. I excited to stay with, because I remember doing good X back in the nineties, bro, before fentanyl and meth and shit got into it. Yeah. It was pure MDMA. And I, I just didn't really think about it. But then I remember just feeling so broken. I tried it with this guy, you know, stranger on the internet came through Nashville. Why not? And I'm like yeah. hugging this pillow and the pillow felt good. <laughs> I never really had that sex was automatic yeah. to me. It was just machine. Like, no pleasure, yeah. no joy. It was just like, cool, you're touching me. That's great. When are you are going to stop fucking touching me? Yeah. And that really changed a lot. So I'm curious if that maybe actually did you good in a way, man. Coming from a, like Jason did you earlier, from that lens of doing it, it made mm-hmm. me way more where I
1: want, I didn't mind being loved. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll summarize it like that. I think that's a beautiful summary of it as well, Jeff. I, I will say in my experience with MDMA over six, seven years, however long it's been, it's definitely made me much more um, emotional towards people that I love, uh, much more accepting of love. It's allowed me to push some physical and emotional boundaries um, that you know don't quite exist under it, and you kind of learn from that. So, um, I guess I guess it's more so maybe for for right now I shouldn't be doing it. I'm also a 280 pound bodybuilder <laughs> that probably should be doing MDMA at the club. Um, <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 sir, no, sir.
1: Yeah, so. Um, but I remember thinking that like, man, I'm just like unfulfilled. And it's crazy because it's like if you take stock of what Justin Mahaley has going on, it's like, man, every 30 year old dude would seemingly like really enjoy having this, and um, it, it seems like to you know. Some people might think like, you know, this guy seems like things are going really well for him and whatnot. And it's funny because like when you're in it, you just want more and more and more. But I I was able to disassociate um, from myself a bit and dissolve my ego fully to be like, man, you're just not fulfilled. Like bodybuilding coaching is fun. Bodybuilding coaching isn't what you're put on the earth to do. You're put on the earth to talk to these people. I'm like, look at how people interact with you. And like, man, I'm I'm really, I'm not trying to come on and be some raging narcissist right now, but dude, like <laughs> I, smile, I smile at people. I wave at people. I talk to people and the way that they gravitate towards me is it's magnetic and it's powerful. And I understand that. And the reason I'm I'm proud to be aware of that is because that's like a superpower. That's my superpower my superpower is i can magnetize you towards me i can be charismatic enough to get you in and then i can make you feel comfortable and safe enough for you to allow me to instill a new set of belief systems inside of you that you have about yourself and i'm in bodybuilding coaching you just you don't get that you just don't get it and i'm sitting there like oh man like it's not that I was having a bad trip, but I'm like, this is this is a testy subject to be in this setting and be experiencing what you're experiencing. Oh, boy. So then I was sitting with it. I was sitting with it, you know, every single season. It seems like there's a client or two that just kind of like put you in a bad mood, um, you know, the, the way they leave you or the way they talk about you or they might disrespect you or whatever the case may be. I think at a certain point, you just kind of have enough um you just you just had enough I do come on I did nothing but good for you like let's really take stock of what happened neither of us did anything wrong nobody's got to be wrong the time just ran out on our work together and that's okay go do you um and and so it definitely happened during a psychedelic trip and then I expanded upon it from there in my own thoughts but then I started getting invited to speak in front of groups and you know public speaking has never been something that I don't have that little that anxious tick. I feel more, listen. I feel more comfortable speaking in front of a group of people, however big it may be, than I do here with you three on Zoom on laptop. This is more uncomfortable for me than that. I get that. Like I feel so good in front of people, and I know I can. I can feel their energy. I can. I can read the audience. I can. I can captivate them in this manner, and. I used to kind of think that that stuff, the motivational speakers, I was like, that's so dumb. How many of those have I listened to and left with impacts? Um, thousands. Yeah. That's what I watch. That's what's on my Instagram. That's what's on my YouTube. That's what's on my TikTok. I get life happenings from these people. I get skill sets from these people that I think are preachy and annoying. And I apply them to myself. So now, I mean, now I just want to do it, but not be preachy and annoyed.
0: <laughs> oh, I agree 100%. Robo yeah. and then Scoob, man, round us All out. Right. I always love talking to you, Justin. It's such a great conversation. It's like the three or four of us be hanging out at the bar. It the feels like shit that. Why, yeah, no, that's why I like I would it love that. for
1: that to happen one day. I would it's love gonna for happen. people to make that happen. I'm going to yeah, make my way down to, get
0: to get Texas. Yeah, No.
2: Yeah so Justin you you talk a lot and it's very clear that you have the ability to see into people you understand them very good at relating to them i'm curious when you see the guys within bodybuilding what are those characteristics that set apart the guys who can win versus the ones that are always so close what what's that slight little difference between the top and the ones who just aren't quite there
1: Man, Robo's got some questions on him.
0: That's why we like Robo. Robo asks, Robo asks good
1: questions. We never this guy's asked. got some questions on mm-hmm. him. Wow. Um, it just came out, and I kn- I know that Jeff Black's not going to watch it because he's a Tennessee Vols fan. Have you guys watched the Fuck Swamp no, Wars? We don't give do a shit about Florida. <laughs> so, Urban Meyer has some lines in there. Uh, that I feel like resonate quite well with just high-level success, period. Um,
0: Can you read He's going to
1: try and make you quit. He's going to find your breaking point, and he's going to tear you down so far when you're in his locker room from a place of love, from a place of care. He's going to tear you down to a place where you question if you're even playing the sport of football. That's essentially what I take from his leadership style. I think that's awesome. I think that's great. There's an element of that within any level of success. This can be if I'm speaking to someone who wants to start their business or their business is three years old and they just did their first $500,000 a year. Or if I'm speaking to someone who continually gets third place at a pro bodybuilding show, uh, the characteristics are the same what you look for is someone who when they look you in the eyes and they say i'm going to earn this i'm going to get this don't say i'll do whatever it takes that's so casual what do you what do you mean you'll do whatever it takes that's what everyone that's everyone's cliche little go-to line it's like i'll do whatever it takes well maybe they will But what's the delivery like? What's the meaning in their eyes? When you're looking this person, man to man, or male to female, what's the passion and the drive like in their eyes? You can't fake it. You can't fake it over a Zoom call, over a FaceTime, over a video that you're talking to in your phone that you're sending to somebody, and you definitely can't fake it face to face. Do you actually believe that you are going to do whatever it takes? Because when Urban Meyer is going to lay out for you what it takes And he's got Tim Tebow in the locker room and he's got Mickey Marotti, the best strength coach in the world, laying these things out for you. Are you sure you really want to do that? Like, are you really down for whatever it takes? Some people are, but let me tell you, Robo, and I know that you all three of you men can attest to this. Sometimes you just see the person with the slouch shoulders with a little bit of pity in their eyes and a little bit of uncertainty in their voice telling you "I'll do whatever it takes no, motherfucker. No, you absolutely will not. But the person that's militant-like and soldier in their approach when they speak to you about where they want to go, about their vision, how detailed is their vision? How much time have they spent on this vision? Have they journaled about this? Have they meditated about this? Have they actually thought this out? Do they actually have a tangible plan of attack to how I can get better? And what is better? What's the measurement on better? Do we have these details laid out for us? Man, if we do, then... I feel pretty good about where that person is going. I feel mm. like they might get it done. They might have what it takes to get it done. They might make the social sacrifices and the romantic sacrifices. But if somebody's just very casual, they their lackadaisical and their approach to it, they don't have any data. They don't have any tangible action. They don't have anything that, you know what I can do right now? I can do this right now. I just got off stage, and got third place, but right now in this moment, this is what I can do. They don't have that you're going to keep getting third place. Actually, I mean, you're probably going to slip backwards because at some point you're going to run into three or four or five, whatever it's takers. Right. Um, So I I think the difference robo, it's not necessarily in this. um, It's not necessarily in this, like these intangibles that maybe we would look for in terms of leadership and whatnot. I think the difference is like how organized and how planned are you and what's the discipline like in your voice and in your mannerisms, are you really willing to go that far? It doesn't fake it. It's usually pretty easy to tell. Does that make sense? I feel mm-hmm. like it's a. feel.
2: You know, the way you put it as well is a good way for someone to do a self assessment. Yeah. You no, know, am I that guy who just says I'll do whatever it takes, but I didn't plan or really think about it. I just walked in and saw a guy look Jack and I'm going to be
1: that Jack guy walking around the neck. Next... No, that's bullshit. I also think in bodybuilding, whatever it takes, I feel like there's usually this weird connotation behind like PEDs and PED usage, but you know, it's like in bodybuilding, you know, part of the beauty of it is, yeah, you know, that's going to get you to a certain place, but at the top, everyone's using the exact same thing. So you can't really use more PEDs. You can't really use different PEDs. You kind of got what you got. You've got to look at everything else. Finally, you've got to look at everything else. And it's also outside of bodybuilding. What's your, what are your relationships? Like, how are your friends? Uh, how's your relationship with your wife or your, you know, your girlfriend? Uh, what level of father are you? Um, how do you show up to work? Um, you know, th- things like that, they, they all matter at getting you to the next level, um, as a competitor, in my opinion. That makes absolute sense.
0: And Jay, buddy, you take us home strong. You ask him something very, very difficult to fucks him up. Or has to think
3: about I got two quick. questions. One's going to be a quick answer. One, you're going to have yes. to think. Um. So, you know, I was sitting thinking about, man, where was I when I was 30? And what what did I think about? And where did I want to be when I was 45, 50? And, mm-hmm. and I had a pretty clear plan where I wanted to be. I didn't know how I was going to get there. So I'm going to give you a chance right now to write your story. Where is Justin at at age 45? Is Justin married? Is Justin out taking the you know track of his Dma playing the righteous place? pussy or what is Justin doing? You know, is he writing books? Is he speaking? Where are you at at 45? What is going to make it a life well worth lived?
1: Yeah, I'm going to be an incredible father at 45, first and foremost. There's zero doubts about that in my mind. I'm going to be selling out NFL stadiums for my performances and for bringing people together and uh, having speaking engagements and entertainment engagements and professional entertainment engagements, whatever you want to call them. Um, I, I realized that was possible when Kevin Hart sold out Lincoln Financial Field for a comedy show. Oh, I can sell out Lincoln Financial Field with the right people around me where you're going to come in for four hours on a Friday evening and you are going to leave here a brand new person equipped with tools and skills that you're able to apply in the car ride on the way home with your wife or your husband or your kids that make you better instantly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll be happening. Um, I'll be giving back at a very high level. There's a few things I feel extremely passionate about. And there's a um, thing going on in Austin right now. I shouldn't name drop anything here yet, but there's a group of very influential individuals um, who I'm, I'm fortunate to be a part of who are building a campaign to help... I'm I'm gonna say what the leader of the group says, even though it's a very stre- it's a huge stretch. Uh, we're helping end child trafficking. And it's right. something I feel unbelievably passionate about. And I I I I want to be the guy knocking down the doors. <laughs> like truly. <laughs> I, I would love to lead a raid. One time by I'm 45, I would think that would be a lot of fun, but I'm gonna be involved in that. And I think that's gonna be something that's very successful. I'm still gonna have some bodybuilding clients and things like that, but I'm gonna be known worldwide for being someone who fixes. And, and sets a foundation for people to fix their lives who are underneath their business or are underneath their fatherhood or their marriage or whatever it is, because men and women who are servants and who are who are true leaders are servants of others. And true leaders, so common, get lost in the rubble underneath everything because they've been serving, 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 serving. And oh crap, I didn't take inventory of how far down I had fallen on my my list of what I take care of and I'm going to help them get back up to the top and put themselves first. I'm going to be known everywhere for having a team in place. Who's able to do that. It's going to take way more than me. It's going to take a lot more than me, but more importantly, or just as importantly, that TM brands going nowhere. I know exactly who's going to take it over, where it's going to be taken to, the exact messaging that they're going to do, and how that thing is going to impact people. And when I'm able to step away from it, we're going to be able to make it even bigger and better than ever because the affiliation with bodybuilding is too intense. We're going to be able to take that and make that something that is impacting at a high level, at low price point, middle price point, high price point, bringing anyone with any background in. We're going to have mental components to it, obviously the physical components, and as well as the spiritual components as things get more legalized and maybe socially accepted around America um, and hopefully around the world. But everything that we're doing is going to be extremely amplified to another level. And I believe, that, um, I, I believe that we'll be able to do it at a level where the worldwide impact is very big. And a lot of people are going to resist it. A lot of people aren't going to like it, but that's where I'm going to be at 45. So you've thought about it lot <laughs>
3: that's, that's that's one of the things i was trying to get at. yeah you're not gonna you know people listening you've got to have some idea where you want to be um uh, yeah, and 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 i will also say if you live too much in the future you're gonna have anxiety and i learned that very very early on too um the present counts too whereas that comes back to where we're talking about sharpening your rest uh tool you know your rest ethic so um that's cool the last one shouldn't be too terribly long if you could take anyone even dead people and you could pick their brain or anyone right now who would you sit down with for an hour and have a beer
1: oh random. i like it yeah you know that's a really good question um that's a really good question it would be really difficult man it would be so difficult with my current all of my current struggles are things that really Tim Ferriss has kind of become an expert in and yeah. where he's made his wheelhouse and where he excels, not just talking about it. Y- you can tell when you watch the guy, he's living it. Um, yep. I mean, like I said, he he's my neighbor. He literally like, he's in the, the adjacent building to mine. And um, there's a lot of motivation I get from that because I, the, the, when I moved to Austin, uh, the, the lady that I moved here with the woman that I moved here with, um, I told her, I was say, Hey, I want to live at this apartment complex. And that's where I live now. And so like, that's a nice goal achievement. My next level goal is to live where he's living and Mm -hmm. I get to wake up every morning and I look in that building and I get to see, um, I don't know which one is his, but in the back of his podcast, you can actually see my uh, my place yeah yeah <laughs> you can see inside of my yeah like it's insane i'm not sure sign up. It,
2: but yeah
3: but
1: i yeah right i'm just gonna mm-hmm. wait so so you're not <laughs> low you're not low you're
3: not stalking him you're just not no kind of, no, no
1: literally I, literally i pull up his you because i always listen to podcasts on like audio on like never the youtube i pull up his youtube like a month ago and i'm like <laughs> That's where I live. And like that's the top of the building. And that's the wing that I live. Oh my God. That's my that's my apartment. There you go. Some I things can, are meant to be. It's incredible. Um, but it would have to be Tim Ferris. I I I need to practice the rest tool. because uh, I know to get to that level, I can't do 15 years like I've done the last 10. Right. <laughs> no way. And that comes with maturity. I will literally die.
3: <laughs>
0: so you yeah. studied uh, neuro linguistic programming? No, not about, near as much as I would like to. There's a couple good reads out there I'd recommend. Okay, if to look into if you're going to go down that path. That's that Tony Robbins yeah Anything Tony Robbins? Me, anything, yeah. Tony Robbins yeah. No, with what you want to do, it's the whole just you know decide that side, middle truth, and then the understanding of the lens what people are looking through. It's very brilliant. Yep. Very very um, brilliant.
1: Something that I have studied, Jeff, is um, manipulation tactics and toning them down yeah. I, a, a lot. Leadership is manipulation and manipulation uh, uh, has a negative connotation because it's typically used like you manipulated me. We are all manipulated by someone right now.
0: You at all guys times. are mm-hmm.
1: in this podcast, manipulated by all of us right now.
0: The yeah. phone, Robo's point, the phone. The phone. Yeah,
1: it's on <laughs> our phone. Yeah, like, yeah, Robo's point to the phone. It's on our phone. We're all manipulated. I'd rather be manipulated by a person than a phone, too, by the way, but we're all manipulated by that thing, right? So yeah. I want to. Master the art of t- in bodybuilding. You have to get someone to run through a damn wall for you. My next level is not that. My ne- no one needs to run through a damn wall. I just need you to get your shit and let's go. Like, let's go down this path together. This is way different. So I need to. I'm I'm currently trying to master toning that down, and I'm trying to do it in my conversations I have with people every day because I'm a big. I'm I'm a huge figure there's a big voice. I'm a big dude. There's, there's just a lot. So it's very easy to fall into the charisma and allow yourself to be closed minded to other avenues because I'm just going to trust this guy. I don't want that around me. So I'm trying to tone that down, be very aware and cognizant of that. So maybe after I kind of master the tonality of manipulation, the neuro linguistics could be something really good to get in. I want to make sure my intentions are always very pure Uh, that's the hardest
0: thing, man. As you go along the journey, it all depends upon the closest people to you because that reflects the purity of your vision and where you're going. I can tell you that that's a personal thing. Jay and I have, and I know Robo has learned over our years. That's why circles get smaller as you get older. Smaller and smaller, man. (laughs) Yes, sir. I think I text probably what three or four a day of like you two, and occasionally I'll hit Mahaley, but for the most part, like I have like three or four people I talk to regularly. Are yeah. good people out there in the world, I'll leave it there. And that's hard for people to hear when they get older. Um, because yeah. the last thing you want to do is leave your buddy from high school. But you know what? They chose to stay behind, is my view. No, that's very true. And by the way, I always
1: get really happy when you text me. So you can text me. You can text me more. <laughs> yeah, i text him, I'll be like, hey, buddy,
0: here's some stuff. But Justin, man, where can everybody find you, follow you, come and harass you, come and see your smile, give you hugs? Where are you at in Austin? Like, you know, give everybody yeah. the shout out, man.
1: So, uh, Justin Behaley on Instagram, M-I-H-A-L-Y's last name, uh, coach Justin Behaley on YouTube. Um, and then obviously grow or die podcast. Uh, that's my, that's my pride and joy. That's my bread and butter. Um, and if you're ever in Austin, come to lift ATX. We're there Monday through Saturday. We're there every morning. Come snag a pick. Come, come chat with me. I'm really, I'm really cool with that. I might look mean and angry when you come in, but I'm just in the zone. And to be honest, unless I'm about to hit a hack squat set, I'm cool with you breaking me out of my zone. I'm really not one of those guys. So so come chat with me. I um, always love meeting people. And you never know, um, you know, it's, Something that's really stuck with me, and I know you guys have all experienced this as well, especially as I'm getting older and I see mortality settling in. There's people I've been around that I really wanted to say hello to or say that I, you know, thank you or I appreciate you or whatever, who, um, you know, you only ever got that one opportunity. Um, something that stands out to me is when I was around Matt Porter. Um, I never got to say hello or thank you to Matt Porter. And I was around him and uh, I believe it was Pittsburgh, and I didn't have the courage to go and talk to him. And you know, before I ever got to see him again, he passed away. Um, and on the flip side of that, John Meadows, Um, you know, around the time I found Jason and started looking up to him, I found John and I was looking up to John and John and I were able to have a special friendship that really impacted my life. And the last time I chatted with John was after he had already had some issues and I got to look him in the eyes and shake his hand and tell him what he meant to me. And that felt really nice. And I get to have that solace. So whether it's me, whether it's one of these guys, whether it's someone who impacts you, if you're listening to this, make sure you uh, make sure you always take the time to meet that person. So it's worth it. No, well said, bro. Can't wait to have you on
0: to have other conversations. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I, I, I have an idea for someone else I going to bring on, which I'll talk to you off air, but a whole <laughs> show maybe just on politics where you can just like just blow the shit out of it and have some good laughs. And That's see where it goes. Yeah, no, I like Juicy. <laughs> you know, so. all right man well thanks for joining us and we appreciate you always making the time to chat
1: boys yeah thank you guys so much for having me on it was great meeting you robo
0: all uh, right you too thanks Justin. Yep. see you guys